They never found the body. What if he decides to come back? This is the Horrible Film School. Take a seat. Rip open those trapper keepers. My name is Chris Purdy, and I'm here with Mr. Ryan Hootie. What's up, fellas? Excited to get through this franchise as we know it. You say that. You're going to miss this guy. <sighs> and the big bro, Mr. Nasty, also known as Joey. His name was Robert Paulson. Now, I got this little uh, thing I got to get ready. Terrifier, you'll get caught up by the Terrifier. Don't get chopped up by the Terrifier. Terrifier 2, let's go. I dig it. Today's assignment, 2022's Terrifier 2. A lot of T's in there. Today's lesson, continue to avoid clowns. That's short and sweet and to the point, huh? So yeah, Joseph, this was your choice. Piggybacking off of our last episode, which was mine. Uh, broadcasting Terrifier to the world. I'll let you take it over here. Yeah, I figured we'd mix it up a little bit, just get straight to a sequel. Oh, um, yeah, mix it up. we did. Just uh, <laughs> I knew uh, I knew Hootie, how much Hootie enjoyed the world of Art the Clown. Fuck. And David Leon. It is the uh, first time I could say someone's had an erection for the entirety of our recording. Hootie was really into that first one. So, so into it. it. Had to take a cold shower after the episode. <laughs> Whew. All right, let's hop into this thing with a couple of fan reviews, as always, with uh, with with my hosting. These two reviews come by way of IMDb, and funny enough, these two reviews also were submitted the same day on October 16th of 2022. It's actually very cool. So, uh, on the, uh, somebody with a little more upbeat attitude, this username is a bunch of fucking letters. SDTBNHH submits his review. How do you pronounce review. that? Uh, Sedemach. His review is titled Bring a Bucket. Best slasher film in decades. Gross, violent, and depraved. It is perfect. A hair too long, but perfect for me. Way better than Halloween ends. Art the Clown is the perfect horror character and will be the next Jason, Freddy, or Mr. Myers. Apraxia effects are amazing. I'm not sure what the fuck apraxia. Is. I guess a practical. Practical. I don't know. All right, apraxia effects are amazing as well as the makeup. I'm not joking when I tell you that you might throw up. This is the most graphic horror film you have ever seen, and it isn't even close. I cannot wait for the third one. Nothing you would see this Halloween would even be close. Get to a theater and watch this on the big screen for the full effect. The expressions of the people around you are well worth it. I wonder what this would have been like in a theater. I mean, this Yo, would have been I, yeah, nuts, I definitely dude. regret not going to go fucking see it. I, I wish I had. It's a very good but point. Getting me out of the house nowadays is like pulling a fucking tooth. All right, let's hear an opposing opinion from Negative Nancy Wild City Sites titled Ha Ha. Let's face the hard truth here. This movie is garbage, just like the first movie was, too. The reason it has so many glowing reviews is for one and all of the following reasons. One, the reviewer is in some way related to the film's cast or crew and felt obligated to be nice. Two, they were severely intoxicated or semi-unconscious at the time of viewing. Three, 
they thought Rob Zombie's Halloween movies were cool. 4. They accidentally reviewed the wrong movie. If you're thinking of watching Terrifier 1 or 2, just throw your money into a trash can instead. Or better still, make a donation to the TerrifierRehabilitationProgram.org so we can help some of these poor bastards get their lives back on check. Five steaming turds out of five. <laughs> Is that, that an actual website? I'm curious now. Did somebody just fucking ask Jeeves that shit? I know shit. I am confused when we do these, and the fact that somebody uh, will take the time to write that lengthy review on something they just watched. They chose to watch this, and there's no way this movie can be seen as being that bad. Everything in art, and, uh, and that includes movies, music, video games, all that bullshit, it's all subjective, right? That's very true. But the special effects, I feel like it's very hard to not at least appreciate that piece of the film. I feel like when you go out of your way like this as well, you're trying to just like be the contrarian, trying to be cool, you know? Try, trying to go to the podcast. Mm. Hey, trying to create it content. Worked. It worked for you this time, <laughs> Wild City Sites. Be Shout sure out, leave, Wild be City. Be sure to leave your review for the inevitable, uh, inevitable Terrifier 3. Oh, yeah. You think, what do you think Wild City is? Detroit. Wild City Sites? Detroit. Definitely Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> What's the wild city that wild city fucking from? That fucking burned char. It's probably like Fargo or some fucking shit. Fucking <laughs> No, that shit's probably like Vegas or something. All right, as this is the sequel to the movie we just reviewed, um, not really planning on spending much time talking about the director or anything. It's David Leone once again. Uh, this is his baby. Um, Damien Leone, damn it. Is it Damien or him- David. Damien. Leone? Oh, all over this thing. It's Damien. I, but I it's Leone. No, no, no. It's I'm Leone. saying Leone because it sounds cool. Okay. <laughs> Correction. No offense. Damien Leone. Um, but yeah, this is Damien Leone's baby. Uh, this uh, character, this story, this world of uh, Terrifier. Um, directed Terrifier 1 as well. Um, as well as uh, All Hallows Eve. I heard about this. Yes. I don't you don't you skip athlete. over the other one? Don't you skip over the other one, Joy? What's Boy, the other one? Skipping hoots. Frankenstein versus the Mummy. Hey, there we go. One on one. Back and watch that? No, I did not. I didn't have time to watch wow. that shit. Uh, that's a. Instead, you watched the fucking whale. I, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's what I choose doing my time. If there's two things I know about Mr. Damien Leon, is that he loves skinny brunettes and Toyotas. Because he named a character a Sienna. Before we actually <laughs> go any further, can we talk about how hot this girl is? Yeah, it's a bit much. Dude, she is fucking smoking hot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she is, she is so fucking fine. She looks so like borderline of age to me during the entire movie. Well, the actress is obviously a little bit older than the character. I understand, but, but she looks very young. I, I put it in the mindset that she's in college. Super fucking hot. Mr. Skin didn't have shit. I also want to talk about Paul Wiley. Not sure if we talked about him in the last uh, review that we did for Terrifier 1, but he composed the music for this movie as well as Terrifier 1, and it is... It's really good. Like, it's not... I wouldn't say it's, like, super memorable or anything, but in terms of, like, an electronic, you know, Dread-style horror soundtrack, it's it's pretty great. That Halloween party song, we're, we're going to talk about that. That was awesome. Yeah, I liked all all the stuff with lyrics was good too. That's a banger. 
I didn't know if it was like original music or not. It was all new to me. So for all I know, he wrote and composed all that too. But if he did not, he does have good musical taste. Yeah, I looked at the guy's picture on IMDb. He has a very much uh, a Trent Reznor type look to him. He's not the only musician we'll talk about on this. Oh, God. We'll Don't it. you call him a musician. No, 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 no. Okay. Have you listened to any of his shit? I know you say you probably listen to five seconds. He's actually kind of decent for a kid. I, I, I can't stand him. But, yes, I've listened to some of his music. All right. Well, let's what are we talking about? You'll find out. Uh, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy, the kid with the glasses. He's a musician. Oh, he's a, he's a YouTube musician. Like kids bop or some shit? No, 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 no. You need to go listen to some of his stuff after we get done with this. Let's move on to interesting factoids. I got one. I'm not trying to step on anybody's feet. I'm going to let you guys run with this. Hopefully you got a little bit more than me. But The movie grossed over $10 million on a $250,000 budget due to an extended stay in theaters past what was supposed to be a limited uh, one-weekend theatrical release. That's fucking massive. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I'm shocked that they pulled this off for two hundred and fifty thousand. That seems absurd. This is a very good-looking movie. I don't know how much of that was a marketing budget because it didn't really have marketing, but the word of mouth was insane on this movie. That's the reason I even I even was a conscious of the franchise to bring it to the show was just word of mouth. So they probably saved a lot of money not having to promote it. Well, hey, they save a lot of money too as well with Damien Leon being the fucking. Story by show. the writer, yeah. the director, as well as editing, which right. the editing part kind of hurts. <laughs> Who do anything? Uh, just the fact that I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, there's a lot of speculation that it was so violent people were vomiting and fainting in the movie theaters. And I and I right, I read a, a little note that said, in in one instance, an ambulance was called. So this movie is pretty intense. Like, the scenes of, of violence and shit in this movie is intense for somebody who hadn't just seen Terrifier 1. I was going to say, did you guys feel like coming out of Terrifier immediately after, like, immediately before this kind of got you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Any sense of, like, any sort of feelings whatsoever, I stopped having a long time ago in my life. So just watching this. This particular flavor, it's unique, you know, and you just had like a, a taste of it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you're definitely numb to it just based off of what we watched two weeks ago. I think for me that piece, Chris, was a negative actually. From one side, I now understand art and the times where he was, you know, being funny and his, and his mimes and shit, I loved it. This is, this is awesome. He was like grinning and shit and throwing his hands up. Um, but the just kill after kill after kill. I feel like in the past couple weeks, because you fellas, I've watched people's heads get chopped off, I think 40 fucking times. And at some point, I was like, okay, get it. All right, cool. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, if I was showing you this, like, out of the blue, you would have been shocked. But now, we've done drowned you in it. You're desensitized to it. Yeah, like, whenever the, he's, like, holding somebody's head with a knife, okay, good, chop it off. Great, moving on. Interesting. It's also positive for you because I don't think we can get much more vile and depraved. Well, we can, but I doubt we'll do those anytime soon just because we're probably going to need a palate cleanser or two Please, or three or God. four after this movie. I hope so. Can we watch like Child's Play Part 2 or something next? That would be dope. I love that. <laughs> what about one of the Annabelle sequels? God. Oh, fuck my ass. I'll jump off a yes. fucking cliff. You're going to be missing art then. 
so before we jump into the film, because I had a, I had a question, I couldn't find it on on the on the internet. This film had was shot in a very nostalgic way. Do you fellas know what he did to achieve that? You mean as far as the actual like the grain of the film, the grain eighties look that it's got to it. Yes, I don't know. It definitely felt like it was in camera stuff. Like it wasn't. It didn't seem like a post production thing to me. Like he didn't go in and apply a bunch of filters. But I may be wrong. Um, when it being so new, like I said, for me doing the research, it's hard to find information yeah, about the movie because there's no like lore to it yet because it hasn't been out long enough. So I'm not sure, yeah. but I've had to guess probably some old lenses or something. Yeah, if you can educate me on that, I ain't got a fucking clue. Okay. That ain't that was, my forte. I thought it added a lot to the film instead of just shooting like a clean picture. All right, let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? Uh, aren't you a little old to be trick-or-treating? Wait a minute, aren't you that guy from the costume shop? You are. What are you doing here? (laughs) Terrifier 2 picks up where the original left off. One year ago in Miles County, New York, with a very much alive art. Bashing in the head of a coroner just before raiding his office and filling his trademark trash bag with all sorts of medical implements and chemicals. Armed once more with his instruments of pain, Art does what anyone else would after the bloodbath, heading to a local laundromat to tidy up. After some nude patty cake with his imaginary dysenteric friend and a quick watch courtesy of the coroner's change, Art is back to his dapper, murderous self impaling a fellow laundry patron's head on a broomstick. Title card. I think it's interesting here that you open a horror movie with the villain. You don't get this a lot. Usually you're going to set up your protagonist, or you might set up just like somebody getting killed off quickly. You don't really just, let me follow Freddy Krueger for five minutes to start the movie. You know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of unique. And what is about this franchise, but it, I don't know, it keeps surprising me. I'm really... Really takes, digging it, man. In that sense, it takes like a Halloween two approach, right? I'd I'd blocked that movie out entirely. So because uh, yeah, it takes place right. with like through Michael's eyes, where we're seeing you know him escape from the police and all that shit. Damn blue jeans, can't damn, damn police, police baby. Art reading the newspaper fucking cracked me up, dude. Oh, butt naked reading the fucking <laughs> newspaper. He stripped down. That was awesome. <laughs> Laughing his ass off, not making any noise. He's seeing, he's seeing, like, fucking people burn up in a fire or people being murdered. He's pointing and fucking just laughing to himself. It's just nuts that, like, going into Terrifier, how anxious I was about, like, the horror, the body horror, all that kind of crazy shit. I didn't think this would be a franchise where I would be laughing, but a movie later, I'm fucking cracking up in the first five minutes. See, as much as I hate calling him a clown, all right, I guess everybody else calls he's a mom, but, you know. It's a version of a fucking you, clown. You hear, you hear, you hear killer clown. You think, okay, what can what can be done with this that wasn't done in it or any of these other like clown movies? Just his body language, you know, the way he's able to emote through his facial expressions. We've talked about it in the last episode. We're gonna there's, there's gonna be a lot of rehash, you know, in, in, in this review. But yeah, just the way he conducts himself in his physical performance is uh David Howard Thornton is fantastic. He just makes you laugh at like the most sadistic shit. After watching the second installment, he has supplanted himself just like Robert England did to where I don't think this char- character can be achieved with that without him going forward. I also had a note about the uh, the Mensis squirting out of this little imaginary girl. Wait, the what? 
her menses, her period. I don't know what that it was. That wasn't a period. That was shit. I thought it was diarrhea too, yeah. You fucking disgusting ass bastard. It came out of the crotch area and it just freaked me out <laughs> right off the gate. I think it's a common thing with like these entities in this universe. Because like, a big part of Terrifier 1 is clowns or uh, arts of Terrible pr- propensity for fucking bean field and blood field shit. What do you think smeared. they eat? Oh, people. Oh, so it's people's shit. It's all that protein, yeah, we, we've man. seen that. Yeah, we've, we've seen gotcha. that. We see we've that later on that. in the movie. That shit just came, that little shit just came out of nowhere, man. It was so yeah. fucking good. It set the tone for the movie for sure. Who is this creepy little girl sitting across the laundromat? Cut to just fucking pulling in the floor. I was like, what the hell? Oh, it wasn't even just pulling in the floor. It was like a 10-second sequence of him just showing the damn shit coming out of her pussy hole or ass or whatever it was. And her and Art were just... They were vibing, dude. They were feeling yeah, each feeling other, it. man. Playing patty cake. This little girl is my least favorite part of the entire film. Bullshit. Get she does a good here, job. Man. I couldn't figure... No, 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 no. no. She does a great job. I'm not talking about her as an actress. She does a fantastic job. I was very confused on whether she was real or not because at times people can see her and at times people can't see her. This is part of what's going to be explained in Terrifier 3 or 4. I think it was a mistake introducing this character like that and having her, you know, be involved the way she was and not having it explained, but we'll talk about that shit later on. Gotcha. Okay. What about the gore effects as soon as the movie started, though? With him popping the eye out and pulling, putting his eye in his head? How crazy. That it felt like fun. putting on, like, the pair of shoes I just took off, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm back right in it. Already never left. back in it. I, like to you, Chris, I was like, oh, here we go again. All right, let me just. Right back in it. Let me, I know what I'm, I'm settling just, in for two and a half hours of this. Just put, again. put the food back down I was eating and. Uh... Present day Miles County. Cosplay enthusiast Sienna, played by Lauren Lavera. We talked about her a little bit earlier. She is a. Uh, Appeared in that shitty Iron Fist show on Netflix in 2017 with uh, Finn Jones from GOT. Oh, man. I forgot about that show. Literally never uh, heard of it. You and everybody else, apparently. It was a Marvel show. Iron Fist? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, that yeah. came back now. It was the first bad one, wasn't it? But cosplay enthusiast Sienna and her morbidly curious art superfan little brother Jonathan Shaw, played by Elliot Fullman, semi-popular YouTube musician, bond over memories... Of their deceased father. All the while, Sienna assures Jonathan that Art the Clown is dead and would never be coming back. With a malicious mime on the mind, a Nightmare on Elm Street-esque dream sequence ensues at the Clown Cafe with special guest Art the Clown, once again played by David Howard Thornton. And Sienna's latest costume wings are set ablaze by some unlit supernatural candles. Supermom Barbara rushes to the rescue fire extinguisher in tow and saves the day inspecting her charred and ruined work she discovers her father's gladius which is a sword unscathed among the ash so i got a question about the uh, jonathan kid here since you're saying he's a famous how do we feel about the strap that goes behind his head that holds his glasses onto his face i didn't even fucking notice that dude is that a thing i thought that he's was like got a the, he's got thing. the abdul jabbar's yeah he does it's a big deal for like 50 year old accountants, but you know. Yeah, exactly. You know what's funny is I think that's actually that kid's aesthetic in real life. This like his fucking YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah, his YouTube channel is like. We ought to give him a shout out, man. What's I'm this, giving this what we're doing. We're giving him a fucking shout out right now. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link him in the show notes, this kid. If 
he uh, if he wants to give us a, an interview, I'd be glad to talk to so him. So you were being serious about this kid being a musician on YouTube. Yeah. This is he, not the he's musician. He's actually got, he's got a semi, well, like I said, semi-popular, semi-successful. He does interviews and shit of like actual like metal musicians. He's a big metalhead. So another musician in this movie I thought you were talking about, but we'll... Oh, there's another musician. We will. Oh, there is another one I thought you were talking about. We will, well, we will get there. Who's we'll get a there. Big, big fan. Yeah. But yeah, this this kid right here is actually uh, halfway decent from what I've, what I've heard. I mean, it's uh, that's coming from somebody who, whose musical tastes have been the same since high school, like 15 fucking years ago. Um, but yeah, give the, give the guy a listen, Elliot Fullman. Uh, his uh, YouTube channel is... Little Punk People, I think, is the title. We'll check it out. I'll put it in the notes if I can find it. Yeah. I was going to say, we're talking about this girl, Sienna, how beautiful of a person she is. It took me a bit, but came back around and wrapped it up into my notes, who she reminded me of, and it was Anya Taylor-Joy. God, yes. Those alien fucking eyes of hers, dude. If you look at her, it's like the same face almost. So kind of brought me into the witch vibes and the Viking and all that. I also had a note here about the uh, the dream sequence, the Art Krispies. That shit was badass, dude. Says David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, did in fact have a speaking role. He did the voiceover for the Art Krispies cereal commercial during the dream sequence. You know oh, who, cool. who it put me in mind of, and I think it was pur- purposefully done that way. Uh, Joker from uh, Batman animated series, the Mark Hamill one. It's funny you say that because I actually looked it up. This is the only reason I knew he did the voice because I was like, did Mark Hamill contribute his fucking voice to this? You know, like this commercial. But I thought that was a pretty cool note. And then Art with the Tommy gun. They just Something about that visual was really fucking cool. <laughs> he was so happy. I started laughing, dude. He was digging in that bag for like five minutes. <laughs> Him in that bag, man. I fucking love that bag. And then the song. The fucking song was a bit of a banger. As annoying as it was, it was kind of entertaining. The fact that the 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 actor who was set aflame holding the guitar, they held that shot for a good bit. Just kept strumming that damn band. That was impressive. The next morning, back in his super secret hideout with his imaginary daughter, sister, lover, who the fuck is this little girl? Art continues to build his arsenal of makeshift weapons, ready to once again wreak havoc on Halloween night. At school, Jonathan has his own run-in with Art and the little pale girl, catching a dead possum on a well-ran Christian McCaffrey curl route before bolting in terror. Meanwhile, Sienna learns of the horrific fate of talk show host Monica Brown at the hands of Miles County Massacre survivor Vicky from her friends Brooke, played by Kaylee Hyman. Uh, That's a fucking terrible last name. She was actually in a man called Otto, that Tom Hanks movie. I had the same note. Just came out like a month ago. Yeah, Yeah. she's on the way up. And Allie, played by Casey Hartnett, not related to Josh. Damn it. Causing her to freak the fuck out. If you haven't seen Terrifier 1, first of all, what the hell are you doing listening to this? Go watch it now so you can have a general idea what the hell's going on. Uh, But in essence, Monica has her face torn off by the ranged and disfigured final girl, Victoria Hayes, from the original. Man, I hate a fucking possum. I'll go ahead and say that now. I don't know what it is about possums. They look the same dead as they do alive, which is like crazy. Disgusting. And you skipped over. There was a cameo that popped up when they, when all the little kids find the possum behind the dumpster. The principal oh, the walks principal? out. Yeah. And that principal is none other than Sleepaway Camper herself, Felicia Rose. 
And if anybody's seen Sleepaway Camp, you know what wait, wait, she's don't, packing. Don't spoil that shit. Yeah, yeah, don't spoil that. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> yet. It's on my You're going to watch that movie eventually. She was the hot principal that wasn't wearing a bra. Oh, oh yes. God, her nipple was so fucking hard. I jumped out of my damn chair when I saw that. <laughs> she like whipped back the blazer, and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> all right, it. we understand." Appreciate it, Damien. <laughs> and then them talking shit about Monica at the uh, when they're eating lunch cracked me the fuck up. So you're looking like Mister Potato Head. <laughs> God. And they said she looked like the inside of a cookie too at one point. That was just so dude, fucking was cool. This is the second dude. movie in a row we've just clowned this woman's face for five months. <laughs> fucked up mama barbara scolds jonathan who arrives home via police escort lucky john wasn't a minority his ass would be locked up for marsupial homicide instead of just being grounded for the night sister sienna is resigned to buying some generic china made garbage shit tears spirit of halloween angel wings to finish her costume while out shopping with her pal Allie, who does the duo run into that's right it's our old pal art who's a kid in the candy store in this Halloween shop. After chasing off Sienna with some typical, albeit hilarious, antics, the malicious mime proceeds with more of his well-known gags, including jamming a broken bottle into the store clerk's eye, followed by a pretty standard decapitation. Kind of bland and uninspired, considering Art's previous works. Back home, Jonathan and Sienna discover that via their deceased father's sketchbook that he's a medium, or was going crazy, or some shit, and he's somehow connected to Art the Clown. So at any point, did you guys think that Art was their dad? There kept being these allusions to their dad, and he went crazy. And some he kept drawing Art, and he drawing like all this gross, like decapitated people and shit like that. You never came around like, but if Art is their fucking dad? No, I never had that. That's why thought. he's stalking them. I figured he worked at the fucking eventual carnival or whatever. Because he cl- he kept like clippings and stuff from what happened there. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But in terms of him actually being related to the family, not really. Oh shit, maybe it's just me. I mean, it's it's a very good take though. I could see that happening in the third one, but in this one, I didn't I didn't get that. God, let's hope it happens in the third one. They ain't telling us shit. There's a lot to unpack in the Halloween shop. First of all, the scene where he's trying on the different glasses. I was dying laughing, man. That was awesome. That's what I'm talking about with this guy. Like, yeah, he's a sadistic, psychopathic fucking murderer, but he's so charismatic and just makes you he he's the fucking protagonist, you know? It's interesting you say that because uh, late David David, you didn't fuck me up. Damien. You know what fucked me up on that? David Howard Thornton. Just 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 reading the name. Fair enough. But it's interesting you mentioned that her, about the protagonist-antagonist argument because uh, I was reading an interview Damien did after this it came out, and essentially what he said was the biggest criticism of the first movie was that it was just a vehicle for art. Like, he was the protagonist. Everyone else was kind of shitty characters you weren't even made to really care about. And this was the first time he actually introduced a protagonist that he put a lot of work into that had some motivations and actual backstory and stuff, and Sienna and Brother Jonathan, so... Oh, he's, according to him, he's been trying to get this character, like, on film I think he for said he'd years. been working on her for 10 years yeah, or something like, like he, that, he, this, this character. This character and Art are, like, his, you know, his babies. Yeah, this is his Lori Strode. All this murder and mayhem must work up an appetite as Art goes trick-or-treating. First house on the list, Allie's. 
and unfortunately for her, she's home alone. The bitch refuses to give our favorite black and white jester any treats and thus gets the trick she deserves. A complete and total savage butchery at Art's hands. I mean, holy fuck, what happens to this girl, even for me, that was some pretty over-the-top shit. Especially when the Clorox and salt came into play. Uh, and when her mom comes home and finds her upstairs, being further mutilated by Art, and she's somehow alive, fucking wild. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is what Damien said he was trying to do to upstage the hacksaw scene from the first one. Said he saw a picture in a book, or I guess uh, somewhere, um, of a Jack the Ripper crime scene. And he said you couldn't even tell it was a human being anymore, so his idea was kind of to restage that as if, if Art did that, what would it look like? So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And the fucking salt, man. That was just next level fucking cruelty, dude. All right, see, we've all seen this now. Like, what's... Which one was more brutal, man? What happened to Dawn or what happened to uh, Allie? For me, it's still the hacksaw, man. Yeah? I think it's just the shock of it. I think for me, it's Allie because somehow, uh, unbelievably, Allie lasted longer. Like, it, at some point, uh, sawing somebody in half did eventually kill her. Uh, Allie just, you know, kept, kept staying alive. What a trooper. I feel like what happened to Allie was much more brutal. But what happened to Dawn was much more shocking. Just to have her, like, displayed like that in front of her friend. And then to do that, like, in front of her friend. That was fucking wild. Art asking for candy one was was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was good. But, so he he cuts her skull off. Uh, he, like, fillets her back. Oh, no, no, he doesn't cut her skull. He scalps her. Scalps her. There you go. She scalped. scalped and, uh, yeah, fully scalped. Brain is exposed. Oh, yeah, fully scalped. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then she, she falls on the ground, and Art leaves. And when he comes back, he looks so fucking excited. Oh, yeah, you think the, you think the madness is over when he leaves, because it's like she's crawling towards her phone, which is ringing. Yeah, but it plays on for so long, I'm like, I start to get uncomfortable again. I'm like, this motherfucker's going to come back with some more horrible shit. He comes in, grinning from ear to ear. Some more notes here about the practical effects in the scenes. Obviously, this was, this was the big scene as far as all the effects and the gore and stuff. Um, he made a life-size puppet of Allie, and that's what you see on the bed when the mom enters the room. And the reason it looks like it's actual the actual actress in like uh, prosthetics is because they actually use the digital... They put her eyes on the dummy, so it looks like when she's blinking, it's a human eyeball that blinks, so it looks like a real person. Yeah. So that was just a little touch of digital effect to make it look even more realistic. Again, $250,000 budget. It's just impressive. Uh, I think there's only two moments in the movie where they actually use like special effects. It's this scene right here and the Halloween store kill. When when the guy's on the ground, I think they like digitally put his face on the actual uh the dummy but as far as like modern cinema and how they use special effects this is a fucking drop in the bucket so two five second uses of cgi that definitely i think elevate the the props that are in use here yeah because it took me like that's the moment of shock is when she kind of comes to and like she's laying there in pieces it's like fuck man it's like the exclamation mark on this god-awful scene oh it it was definitely uh it was brutal but in my opinion, the good kind of brutal. It's uh, it's referred to as the bedroom scene. 
you hear anybody talk about this movie, the bedroom scene, this is what they mean. So the, mm. the hacksaw scene and the bedroom scene. That's the two that it's known for, the hacksaw scene and the bedroom dude, scene. Dude, so. Terrified 3 is going to have like some crazy What's next? fucking shit, dude. Ryan Hootie's house scene. Down at my uh, local bar, talking about Terrified 2. Hey, how about the bedroom scene? You know what? How about the it? bedroom scene. Pass the salt. <laughs> <laughs> Licking the rim of your fucking margarita. <laughs> Just thinking. Damn, I want extra Man. salt on this show. Man, I wish this had some Clorox in it, bro. Sienna, dressed in her sexy-ass Valkyrie garb, heads out with Brooke to a Halloween bash at a local club where she proceeds to get fucked up while Art plays nice, giving out candy to the local trick-or-treaters. Of course, using Allie's mom's head as a candy ball. Jonathan, being the psycho little shit he is, Decides to give Barb a piece of his mind, calling her a bitch, which leads to him getting what he's deserved this entire fucking movie. A literal bitch slap to the face. Unable to Poor handle boy. unable to handle a little corporal punishment for discipline. He runs off into the night, but not before pulling some alpha shit and TPing his mom's car and covering it in shaving cream. Or did he? Or- little Jonathan Dahmer. Look. Little, little Jonathan, Johnny Dahmer. Little, little Jonathan Dahmer Jr. spots the, the little pale girl in a black van parked a few blocks away from his house and overhears his mother's pleas to come back. Over the radio, the kid races home, but far too late. Upon cleaning the shaving cream from the driver window, Barbara comes face to face with a demon himself and a sawed-off double barrel. Boom goes the dynamite, and so does Barb's head. Covering the walls in head cheese and gore. Okay, let's back up way back to the club or whatever, the Halloween party. The ah, song. I that scene. I want to get, I wanted to get past it. I'm sorry. I did not like the fucking, fun. I felt that was such filler, man. The song was such a banger that was playing. Yeah, the song, the music, all the music at that club was fucking dope, man. It's like the coolest, one of the coolest Halloween parties I've ever seen on, on screen. Completely unbelievable, but yes. Her outfit is legitimately badass. She has a four-pack. Oh, yeah, this chick is ripped. And too. she's supposedly single at this party. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, my fucking ass. Yeah, there's no way that chick stays single yeah, I mean, for more than yeah. 10 seconds. Uh, but In a world with Instagram, there's no fucking way. Well, no, no, in the world of OnlyFans, she has to pretend to be single. That's true. That's true. That's true. Gotta protect the product. Uh, when when Art hands the candy out in, in in the mom's skull, and he smacks that fat kid's hand from getting extra, was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was kind of sweet, man. It's, like I said, this is more of that it's continues to surprise me. Like you know, we know what kind of person he is, but there's this kid. He's reaching for a second piece of candy. Little <laughs> fat hand holds up one finger, and then that's it. Doesn't hurt anybody. That's it. Fucking great. Oh, that was awesome. I also say when she's prepping her suit, this is kind of funny. Joy's talking shit about the editing. When she's actually making her suit, it is a very well-edited scene. I particularly noticed how well it was edited, the way the camera's moving, the way everything's cut, the montage bit of it. And you didn't even mention the side boob in the shower. I thought that would be your thing, Joe. That was a body double. Oh. Those were some... A hundred fucking percent that was a body double. That was is not this confirmed titties. or just your... Just no, 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 no. That's, just, that's for me seeing titties for the past... 30 some years in oh, he's cinema. A professional. And no one. <laughs> it's a professional's take there. She literally, wears, she literally wears a goddamn bra for the remainder of the movie. It's This is this costume is a glorified bra. You can tell by the size of her titties in this bra. That ain't her titties. It did make me question it because you see the scene in the shower and those things are 
very much orb like. Yeah. And afterwards, I was like, does she have a huge chest? Like, I was trying to pay, wasn't paying attention just to be disgusting, right. but I was like, is that the same person, you know? I mean, I'm yeah. not trying to pull, I think you might be right. I'm not trying to pull rank as a titty scientist or anything like that. But I believe you already have a female body inspector. I, you know yeah, FBI, baby. Uh, yes, that wasn't her. That was about 100%. Also, like the uh, Michael Myers shout out, had the Bob Halloween costume on the shitty boyfriend at the uh, Halloween party. Had the oh, sheet yeah, with the glasses. The, yeah, the glasses and the sheet. Yeah. There was a lot oh, of like, love. I think a there was a lot of cap. like uh, Easter eggs in, in this scene. Uh, there was actually like a clerk's outfit, like a movies uh, from Clerks 2 outfit. And the guy's t shirt was just the tip. Had a tip butcher's sorry. knife with a little bit of uh, yeah, blood on the tip. A little bit of foreshadowing, maybe. Um, yeah, and I think uh, David Howard Thornton was actually out in the crowd as well. I think I read that he was dressed as like uh, Satan or something, like a demonic character, to where he could hang out with the extras and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that dude is so. He's like I. I've watched some shit on YouTube, and he like him and Damian Leon actually go and they'll comment on different stuff, like on the YouTube pages about the movie. These guys are like really, really passionate. I'm shocked and also kind of intrigued that he does horror cons dressed as art and like, you know, I guess does autographs or whatnot. What would that be like? Speak? That's what I'm saying. What would that be like to, to meet? So one thing, it's cool, fucking man. terrifying. Uh, well, I'm but sure secondly, like booths and stuff like that, he probably speaks. But while he's like just, you know, mingling with the crowd and stuff, he probably doesn't speak at all. I hope I he doesn't speak at all. Dedicated. I yeah. he'd have to at like. At the actual panels and stuff. Well, you know what? He might. He wouldn't not. do panels. That, that would actually be. He just sits there for an hour. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he don't. He don't just sit there. He emotes with his face and he does, you know, hand gestures and stuff. He like slaps that. your hand if you try to like get more than two <laughs> autograph pictures. That'd be great. Oh man. You know what's weird? I mean, what's not weird, but it's kind of amazing almost to admit was three weeks ago I had no interest in watching this shit, and now I want to meet David Howard Thornton. It's fucking insane. Do you want to meet him in full art clown makeup? I'll take it, man. God. I want to meet him. It's that's crazy, right? This is the power of the genre. I really enjoyed the mom. I thought the mom was a fantastic mom. I just liked her style. And I didn't feel like she got the kill that she deserved. It was a quick the flying head from the shotgun blast. Quick. Too quick for you. It's too quick. Like we saw in, in the first film that art hates guns. But he chose to use a gun. Well, he it. loves guns. He didn't want to resort to a gun with Tara, right? Well, he that was his first resort with the fucking mom. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, I guess. I guess in that situation, it's like, what, what you gonna do? Stab it through the window? That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. I think they just like to introduce different implements for him to kill each character with. You know, he like uses something different for every character. That was like a I double barrel was, pistol. He obviously wasn't gonna use the double barrel on fucking Jonathan or Sienna. You know? No, definitely not. He had to use it at some point, and I guess this was like the last opportunity. Gotcha. But yeah, what you make, what you said does make sense. Is it being he? he, he remember from the first one, like the face he makes after he has to use it. You know, he was he's sick like, with himself, disgusted with himself. Yeah. Rolling on Molly, Sienna is vibing on the dance floor till she spots Art's mini me in the crowd. Once again, she freaks out in public, making it all about her, ruining Brooke and her her fuck buddy Jeff's night. Dude played uh, played him. His name Charlie McElvin. Uh, what a fucking buzzkill, dude! Sienna's a buzzkill, bro. 
I thought she was pretty cool when she was on Molly. Oh yeah, she was, she was a lot was of feeling, fun. Oh, she was feeling it. I'm sitting there and I'm watching her like do it and like her rubbing the fucking poles and shit. And I'm like, yeah, she's been drugged. I was thinking like, there's no way that this is that, that this is alcohol. No one acts like this on fucking alcohol. Not not at all. This is her first beer. This is her first. <laughs> this is her first Bud Light right here. <laughs> Who do you quit plugging this Bud Light? Like? <laughs> John finally makes it home and finds a lovely dinner spread along with his mom at the table. Her face split in two. Art, playing the role of host, serves up a heaping pile of taters, precious, along with a syringe of knockout juice straight to the boy's neck. Loading the pipsqueak in the van, Art's sidekick dials up Sienna, mimicking her little brother's voice and begging her to pick him up at the old carnival. With Jeff and Brooke in tow, the trio head off to their very likely doom. Did y'all like the uh, taters in the face scene? That was fucking awesome. That was a bit much again. It's he hard scoops, to say anything. He scoops a bit much. up the potatoes and literally punches it into the cavity of uh, Barbara's like, face. Fuck Art. Art, give me a break, man. It's like he's my buddy. Like, take a break, man. He comes out ringing that little dinner bell. Jonathan's reaction to seeing his mom dead at the table was very underwhelming. Very. Yeah, very, he's uh, uh, he's still a kid. So. He's still a kid. Give Talented him. kid. I, once again, his music and his YouTube channel talented, but has some uh, has some work to do on on his acting. I think he's no Haley Joe Osment. Give him some time. I'll also say here, uh, kind of going back to my art, might be somebody's dad theory. This is just what I was thinking watching the movie. The only two people that can see the pale girl are the brother and sister. I can't wait for the third, which is like, oh my god, this just got layers, man. You're my dad. <laughs> it's a great scene. The Battle Angel searches the abandoned carnival grounds for her little brother, while Brooke acts as an exposition dump back in the truck, talking about the little girl who was killed at the carnival a couple years ago, as well as Sienna's dad, who killed himself after a mind-altering bout with a brain tumor. Sienna is informed via text from Jonathan's phone of his location, a haunted house attraction in the park called The Terrifier. After the waiting couple do a couple of bumps of yeah, yo, Jeff heads behind the truck to drain the main vein, which honestly is just asking for a circumcision when Art's around. Right on cue, the mischievous mime makes his appearance, driving a knife to the tip of Jeff's cock over and over again, eventually tearing it off and mocking Brooke with a dismembered member before dragging her from the vehicle. She manages to break free, but in typical horror chase fashion, trips and maims herself on broken glass or something, making it that much easier for the pursuing Art, who casually strolls behind with his bag of torture toys. Eventually, Brooke traps herself in a blood and shit-soaked bathroom, where Art does what Art do, douses her face in fluoroantimonic acid before caving in her sternum with a homemade spike club, opening her chest, and making it easy. For art to devour her heart. I learned how they at least saved some of the budget. This haunted house is an actual haunted house that is in Philadelphia. Yeah, it looked really good. Called the so. uh, Fright Factory, right? Fly, Eagles, Fly. Yeah, the whole just the tip, him running it on the window, stabbing the guy's cock off, pulling the cock out, rubbing the cock on the windows. It's definitely uh, humorous. And I'm referencing that interview that I saw of Damien's again. He said they had some more bits they were going to do, but even he reached a point where he said 
that's just too much, you know. So, oh, David Howard so Thornton the dick didn't make to, it any further than it would have. Yeah, he wanted to take it and fucking like blow it up like a damn balloon. Yeah, he said like he blow deal. it up like a balloon animal. Yeah, that was his whole deal. That would have been so fucking yeah, he's good. Going like full chaos. That was uh, I think he said. I think Damien said it was even over the top for him. You know. I think David Howard Thornton has a lot of contribution to the character of this go around, especially. And they kind of came up with a lot of the kills and would elaborate on the kills because they had to shut down for COVID right when they were about to finish this movie. So, so that might be why we have more excess here than we're used to for all the art stuff. So of the few notes I was able to conjure up from, from this uh, fresh movie, uh, one was about the acid that is thrown on Brooke. And the acid is, I'm going to butcher what this is actually called, florentominic acid which is known as a super acid and is one of the strongest acids in the world. Coming into direct contact with it will automatically kill you. Obviously. <laughs> that was shit was rough. I didn't even pick up on the fact he got it in that first scene when he left the coroner's office. Oh, yeah. What is it, it used for? Like cleaning dead bodies? Or I guess, to dissolve like God, fucking bone or some shit. I'd be terrified to use it. Did you appreciate the fact that he, he didn't have the cat of nine tails in this scene, Joy? That he had some kind of like makeshift table leg full of nails oh, and screws? Oh, the, uh, the club? The club, there you go. Yeah, the fucking club was dope, man. We saw him building that back in his uh, back in his little hideout. Um, that's just just more um, clown, murderous clown ingenuity, you know? Yeah, it was... Like, it was he literally brutal. nails, like, he fucking hammers... Uh, nails, he hammers forks, there's fucking knives, everything, it's just anything out of a kitchen that you could think of is just like in this, uh, in this club. The spine-chilling screams of her friend bring Sienna to the horrific scene where she finds Brooke splayed open and torn apart as Art watches on. The shrieks also bring a now-woken Jonathan, who distracts the macabre mime long enough for Sienna to stab him with a nail board allowing Jonathan to escape. Art proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of Sienna, knocking her out and taking off in pursuit of her brother. Just as the kid finds the ex- exit and heads through it, Art grabs him by the throat and slashes him up good with a scalpel, mocking him with his trademark mimicry. Unbeknownst to either of them, however, is Sienna, now awake and on her feet, armed with the spiked club. She bashes it into the oblivious Art's back, and the two exchange blows before she plants the club in the back of his head, giving the brother-sister duo an opening to escape. I did not want him to get her costume dirty when he was throwing around the shitty bathroom. That was like my first note in that scene. I'm like, oh, this beautiful costume's oh, about to get fucking destroyed. He smashes her face into that dookie smeared window or mirror. Yeah, there's a lot of duke, a lot of duke going on here. And then him cutting up the kid, man. What do y'all feel about him cutting up the kid? I didn't think that would happen. But when he did, me it, I thought it was cool with it. Whatever. I don't know. It kind of gave me pause. Why did it give you pause? It was like one of his rules in a way, you know? So you could watch some girl be dipped in fucking acid and, and want to be like covered in salt and chlorine. Those are adults, man. Those are adults in my mind. Wait a minute. Her, Wait a minute. Don't forget she had her back flayed. Like, he flayed her back. Yeah, I, I brought that up. Pause the show. You have a an issue because he's a kid? Yes. He's I mean, He's like fucking 14. He's a child. I'll get wow. out of here. That's really interesting. I did not have that kind of reaction at all. I, to me, it's the same level of like br- brutality. And I felt like 
hard. It kind of has a rule against this, at least I thought to this point. Like, the kids that came, like, trick-or-treating, he didn't hurt them, you know. Like, I thought there was, like, a boundary almost in his head. It's all situational with this guy. Yeah. But again, if you look into the lore, like, theories online, people say the the pale girl that he's seeing was actually his first victim that died at this carnival. Because we saw her in the newspaper clipping talking about his first victim. Or talking about a girl that went missing at this carnival. Yada, yada, yada. So the idea is that she was his first victim, and that's why he sees her. That's his projection of this force. Interesting. Okay. Food for thought. So he is a child killer, but I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't want to see it. We'll, we'll just call him an equal opportunity killer. No matter age, no matter creed, no matter sex, no matter breed, you're getting fucking cut up, bitch. Arch is coming after you. Stay, just stay a fuck away from this place. Looking for an exit from the haunted attraction, Sienna and Jonathan find themselves in a staged satanic church surrounded by a hooded mannequin acolytes. It's not long before Mr. Supernatural pops out from the hooded crowd and proceeds to beat the pair with some grisly homemade whip. In a turn of events, the Valkyrie grabs the torture device as it hits her arm and turns the tide beating Art mercilessly, eventually jamming a piece of rebar through his head. This reprieve is only momentary, however, as he springs back to his feet, strangling Sienna as Jonathan managed to wrestle away the sawed-off shoddy from under Art's pants leg. A load of buckshot to the chest later, and Art is down for the count, as is Sienna as she passes out from the trauma. So I know we talked about the end of the first one. You weren't a big fan of the resurrection and like the... The magical aspects, I guess. The supernatural stuff. Yeah, and it's... So here, I feel like it's almost expected. Like, you don't really have the right to be as offended. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still don't like it. I mean, I still don't like the supernatural aspect of this movie at all. Um, But it is what it is. I mean, in order to have the character survive, or the art to survive, you kind of have to have that. You know? I mean, you can't have your goddamn chest hit with a shotgun blast, and then roll credits for me it got old with how many times he should have died and he just kept coming back and i was okay we get it like we could have just i don't know i I, that yet that didn't get boring to me i got some well i got some more internet canon make some sense not to interrupt you but they're already in fucking halloween four territory or halloween four and five territory right well from what i understand based on what some shit people have said online and some of the director's comments. I guess the idea, I guess what I took about it, what made the most sense to me was the fact that this little girl represents some kind of like force and she resurrected him at the end of the first one, with flashing lights and shit. And we notice her eyes are always flashing lights too. So whatever she is, is what's resurrecting this guy. So what we saw at the end of the first one was his first actual death. Like that person died and this is like a, some kind of force that's resurrecting him to do some just cause hell on earth I guess at this point kind of like the deadlights with Pennywise I don't like it being so abstract to where there has to be fan theories I mean I guess it's good that it's not explained because where do you go from here like there's no mystery left if you do explain it I mean you you want to you want to see these and it's, they better fucking explain it in the next one but it's just very it's it's nerve-wracking you is know cheesy? i want to i want to fucking easy. i want to fucking know i feel like it's a kind of a cop-out lazy booking 
Well, I think I mean, I think he's got something in his mind that he was oh, trying oh, to yeah, yeah. Year, I, I, so. From what I've heard, he's got plans for fucking Terrifier 4 already. Yeah. So, so I, I don't mean, think it's lazy. And I, th- I think the fact that he kind of introduces horror fantasy with like this supernatural good and this supernatural evil type of deal. I guess for me, it just comes from a place of like greed, you know? I want more. Uh, even though two hours and 30 minutes is a long run time, I want more... I want more information and less fucking filler. After a brief vision where she learns the fate of her mother, Sienna snaps too, discovering the art is back at it and has taken her bro. She finds the pair down the hall and Art throws her through an opening in the floor, leaving her even more battered and broken. It's here in this cobblestone basement that she stumbles upon a pit, as well as discovering that Art has taken her dad's sword from her room as he plunges it deep into her gut. Art returns to attend to Jonathan as she falls into the pit, leaving the gladius behind as well. And once again, vision time. Lots of visions in this movie. Lots of dream sequences. Lots of them. I wonder how much uh, Damien is a Bruce Campbell fan. Because he's got Sienna dressed up like Xena, the warrior princess. He's got the Necronomicon type book that tells out the the entire story of the Chosen One, and he gives her, you know, a uh, nice little dagger weapon. Very Bruce Campbell. That, and we're actually about to see something in this next scene that's very on the nose for the Evil Dead franchise. I feel like kind of like what I was mentioning earlier with fantasy. That's those are all very much fantasy tropes. These are things you'll find in the Game of Thrones. You know. Like these books, these prophecies, these weapons that do this and that. So, I don't know. I kind of dig it, man. So, we're back in the Clown Cafe. Except this time, Sienna has submerged in a magician's box surrounded by what looked like deadites. Unable to escape, she drowns. Upstairs, Art begins snacking on Jonathan as he struggles to get free. As all hope seems lost, the sword covered in Sienna's blood begins to glow. And she springs back to life, freeing herself from her cage and plunging the gladius into the morbid mime's back and eventually hacks her way through his neck, decapitating him. Before the pair can even relax, the little pale girl appears and strolls away with Art's lifeless head. Roll credits. Yeah, so again, I think this kind of highlights the theory of her being like the deadlights of Pennywise. Like she is something beyond... She's whatever she is is what's keeping Art going. She picked his head up so so Sam and just walked off. Oh, she just casually just strolls off. Yeah. No fight in her. She knows her her warrior was down for the count. So how do we feel about this uh, sword? This plot device sword just being here and magically bringing her back with no explanation whatsoever. I think it's the inverse of what I'm saying. The little girl's doing. It's the supernatural good. So this is a movie of good versus evil. It's how every fucking horror movie is, man. Well, not every horror movie has supernatural uh, aspects. Terrifier 1 went about that shit. But obviously Art has to be in the, the franchise. He's going to be in the third one. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he comes back in the third one. Uh, if it's, you know, it's, it's just interesting, you, uh, interesting you say that, Hootie. It is interesting I say that. Roll credits. But wait! There's more! It's a lot more. Mid credit like 10 15 minutes <laughs> mid credit scene Victoria is being held in a psych ward in Miles County Don't forget Tatahead guarded by the guarded by the <laughs> lights 
<laughs> Guarded by the line tamer himself, Chris Jericho. Also God. a musician, one of Ryan Hoodie's favorite what musicians. What a terrible, terrible musician, wrestler, the whole gamut. I can't stand it. He she? plays metal, right? What does he play? He plays like Nickelback metal. I would not. Calling it metal yes. is disrespectful. Where she gives birth to the reanimated, decapitated head of Art the Clown. I guess evil never truly dies. That shit was fucking crazy. Her one eye of Tata Head was a glow up. Yeah. I mean, just like the girls. Just like the little Resurrection, girl. baby. How visceral was it? Like the fucking the afterbirth. The, the fucking yeah. blood and her writing on the walls. Oh man. She kept yelling cunt and bitch. Ugh, it, was, it was bad. This was brutal, man. More brutality when you thought you were off the hook. I don't know why I even try to figure this out. So we're so did Art have sex with her, or is this not even an art sex thing? Or I think she is like a vessel because she's a victim that survived him. So like this supernatural force, or whatever can use her. Why does it need her? That part I don't know. Why does it need to always be Art the clown? <laughs> I don't know. This is tricky. This is like the Pennywise territory. You don't really know. Can't wait for Terrifier 3 so we can, you know, finally get some of these questions answered. Let's fucking fucking start answering some questions instead of creating questions. Chris Jericho said, Oh, God. The reason you see him and then he disappears and we don't see him again, which is weird, right? Is Chris Jericho. Is he fucking. Is he Art the Clown? This is such Chris Jericho bullshit. They had to reshoot the ending. This was not the original ending. A movie came out just before this that caused him to have to reshoot this whole thing. Oh my god! Did he you put tell me Art, what movie that did he was? Put Art the Clown in the fucking walls of Jericho. <laughs> yes. That would have been badass. I don't. It's like, uh, full full disclosure. I don't know what the original ending was. He didn't disclose that, but he did say they had to reshoot this. And I found what a out fucking cocktease through some like hidden article. Who, what movie they're referring to that caused him to have to reshoot their ending? Any ideas I, I from twenty twenty one? Is it a well-known movie? Is it starring Chris Jericho? Because I don't fucking know. <laughs> no. It's a little movie called Malignant. That was, I personally thought was, was fucking Chris fantastic. Jericho in Malignant? No. They had to reshoot the ending because their ending was exactly what fuck Malignant is. Oh. Art was going to be growing on the back of her fucking head. Wow. Dude, that's some Voldemort type shit, bro. So they had to reshoot that, so that's why it kind of feels truncated. I don't know if Chris Jericho was more of a part so of wait, it before. So wait, when did they? When did they? When did they come up with that ending for *Malignant*? *Malignant* came out in twenty twenty one. So they I were wonder, shooting this in twenty twenty. No, they shot this in twenty eighteen. Yeah, they shot it through the pandemic. They had to finish it in twenty twenty. But he had this the idea in the script for that ending, right? He had his script and they shot it, but Malignant came out and they're like, "Oh, that's our ending. We have to change our ending." Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't fault. Mo- I wonder who wrote it first. Is what I'm saying, obviously, J.K. Rowling wrote it first. But James Wan probably they probably J.K. Didn't Rowling know if it came Baltimore, out. Baby, if it came out first, then I'm sure it was written first because it takes three years to make a movie. They all ripping off J.K. Damn J.K. But can't the point is, they had to redo the ending. So take of that what you will. Bro, I'm so hyped up for Hogwarts. Shout out to Malignant. Good movie. Both of these fuckers didn't have a It was not my cup of tea with the damn breakdancing killer. I didn't kiss <laughs> Exactly, man. You have no fucking taste. That's going to be another revisit for me, dog. It's a good one. Uh, maybe you can pick it one day and we can 
me and Hootie can talk shit. Yeah, talk mad shit. So yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's Terrifier too. All right, boys. Let's say bye bye to our guy Art the Clown. I'm sure we'll probably see him within the next two to three years, if I had to guess. Yeah, let's 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 hope it's that long. Then we'll do a triple series. We'll do a rewatch. Great. Wants that, of course. How did we all watch this? I watched it through Amazon. With my eyes open. I watched it on Google. Google TV. I streamed it. Okay. But okay. we all got like the two hour and 18 minute version, right? Yeah. Is there a different version? I thought I read there was like an unedited version. But is this the unedited version? No. I don't think so. 218 is what I've seen all over all the documentation. Yeah, I, I've read somewhere that there's a longer version even available. I don't I don't know if that's true or not. But Damien, even in the interview, specifically refers to the movie being two hours and 18 minutes oh, long. Okay. Exactly. This must because, be the version. Because people were, he, the interviewer interviewer was like, you think your movie's too long? And then he was like, two hours and 18 minutes, yada, yada. People can finish a TV show in a day. They can watch a movie for two hours and 18 minutes. <laughs> that's a good point. You can fucking spend ten hours streaming the goddamn Punisher. You can fucking put two hours into into a good horror movie. All right, boys, let's moving on here. What memorabilia are we taking away from Terrifier Two? Uh, I'll take that Valkyrie costume. I've been looking for a gendered swap fat Wonder Woman uh, cosplay, mm. and this is it. Uh, I love it. Seriously though, let me let me just be greedy. Uh, since it might be a while before we see art again, let me just take the entire torture bag. Uh, I want it all, even the fucking clown horn that's in there, especially with the torture basement of this new house I just bought. It looks so good. It'd be like a new rug in the living room, just with like added chunks of flesh and eyeball jelly. Come look at the 10 uh, beheading tools I have. Obviously, the audience will never see your creepy ass fruit seller, but that that fits Shit. fits the if bill. If they lucky, they won't see it. One lucky one lucky gal might just see it. How about that? There's a short film waiting to happen that's down fine. there, man. One lucky cow, then another lucky cow. I will, I will let you keep your uh, bag of fun, fun toys. I, let me get that awesome Day of the Dead inspired wall art in Sienna's uh, room that is clearly supposed to be Art the Clown. I kept it easy. Let me get some of them Art Krispies. They just had the coolest fucking box art I've seen on cereal in quite a while. <laughs> a fucking razor blade in every bite. <laughs> Full of glass and worms, all kinds of shit. We didn't even talk about that sequence where she, like, reaches her hand into the fucking box. And she's having to dig through glass and shit. All right, kiddos, get out the grade books. Let's hand out these letter grades to Mr. Leone. Leone, if you will. So, boys, Terrifier 2 from 2022 did something I thought was impossible. It brought more blood and more guts. I may have not loved everything about this film as I think I've laid out. But the simple fact that the way they were able to pull this, these many special effects off on a budget of $250,000 is just remarkable. And it, on top of that, being able to afford all the actors, is just, it's just damn impressive. Uh, with all that being said, I'm very excited to finally be out of the art world and put his ass in the cupboard for at least the next few years, if we're all lucky for the next installment of Terrifier 3 when it comes out. But I'm going to give this film a B-. minus. As much as I want to hate it, I just can't. This movie is capital B, brutal. Some of these bits are super long. Uh, I specifically thinking about the bedroom scene. You think it's over, you get about 30 seconds of uh, not even hope, more just 
to catch your breath before the dread sinks back in and uh, we get slapped in the face a little bit more. That being said, this is way funnier than it ought to be. It had me wondering what the hell is wrong with me. I was genuinely interested in the protagonist, which is super, I would say even beyond rare for most horror movies, let alone franchise horror movies. Um, the magic bits may be a deal breaker for some, but like the ending in the OG, the series is surprising me. I'll take that over this rinse repeat shit any day of the week. We got a genuine modern horror villain and franchise. I can't remember the last time I was looking forward to a next installment in a running horror series, honestly. I'm happy to be caught up. Uh, I'm glad to be aware of art and interested to see what happens next. It's tough to separate this from the first probably due to recency bias, so I'm going to give it the same score. Here's your B-plus, Mr. Damien Leon. Terrifier 2 brings everything that made Terrifier 1 so memorable. The practical effects, the makeup, the gore, the carnage, David Howard Thornton's performance as art, and it just builds upon it. It's obvious Damien Leon has great admiration for his character, the characters, and the world he's created. And Terrifier 2 feels like his gift to fans of Art the Clown. The score is even better this time around. There's an ambitious story and actual character development. Lauren Levera as Sienna is an excellent final girl, and watching her transformation into a badass Tommy Jarvis type character was a treat to watch. This just might be the longest slasher movie ever, or at least in the running for that title. That's both a good and a bad thing. Some art, the, More Art the Clown is obviously a positive, but the movie is two and a half hours long, and sadly, I don't feel we left this movie knowing that much more about art than we did at the, at the end of the original. And the pacing, holy hell, it has some filler. Like, yeah, sure, the payoffs are worth it, but it has some serious issues with filler. And there's so much left unanswered, like instead of this whole Molly sequence in the club or the overlong sequences in the third act, why not tell me who the hell the pale girl is? Or explore the plot thread of Jonathan being obsessed with art that was established in the beginning of the movie that wasn't even explored or used. Or even a little backstory on the sword that can somehow magically resurrect Sienna. It definitely needed a little trim here and some expansion there. They do try to establish something of a skeletal framework of a mythos, but it just doesn't land, and I feel we leave this movie with far more questions than answers. Something not very typical of a sequel. I guess we'll just have to wait for the for the third installment, which will clock in at three and a half hours. While Terrifier 1 sets up Art's potential to be a modern horror icon, Terrifier 2 realizes and cements that status in what is bound to be a grindhouse cult classic. Terrifier 2 grades out to a B. Alright, let's look at these audience fans score guesses. Joey picked this one, so he did not get a guess. Myself, I said 65. Ryan Hootie went with a 72. The actual audience score for this bad boy on Rotten Tomatoes is an 81. That is wild. 80 fucking 1. That's pretty bananas, dude. Hey, it's uh, well earned. And top that off, the critic score is even higher. That's honestly that for me. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I think it's about eighty-five or six percent wow. critics, which is that's impressive. Nuts. I almost think it's that it's that new era of the uh, of the Fast and the Furious critic, to where they know what to expect, and if they get what they expect, all right, thumbs up. Yeah, I think the most like glowing review from like a top critic that I read was like 
get a bunch of people who are into this kind of genre, go to the theater, and you'll have the time of your life, you know. Like, they're respecting it for what it is, meeting it on its own terms. I kind of appreciate that. It's not something you got in 70s film criticism. So, yeah, with that, we actually have, for the first time in quite a while, a random wheel to spin here, boys. This is actually pretty exciting. Looks like we're on 2014's As Above, So Below. As Above, uh, So Below. Is that a Creed song? Never heard of this at all. I think I heard Scott, Scott Stapp sing that one time. Y'all got some exposure to this? I've never heard of it. I remember faintly seeing the trailer. I think it's like some Descent knockoff. I watched this in theaters, boys. So I have oh, shit. A good memory of this. Oh, coming Blind in? spot Hi. for me. Sorry, folks. You want to play along? We're going to hop on YouTube and watch the trailer for As Above, So Below from 2014. Let's go. My name is Scarlett Marlowe, and I'm a student in urban archaeology. Oh, it's found film. 370 you know, feet from, from this found point film. is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical piece of film. our history. Well, how are we supposed to get down there? Catacombs. Catacombs. I know that guy. The catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. He was in Mad Men. Mad Men? That's the dude from fucking Friday the 13th remake. Pussy? Stop. <laughs> God. <laughs> Talk Don't about you, mad men. We're talking about mad men. We're talking about the catacombs are wild, man. Shh. I don't know. The world doesn't know. It's darkest secret. Just crawl through that. That's fine. Oh, that dude's fucked. It's the fucking descent, dude, all over again, bro. What was that? Um. You know how terrifying that has to be. I think I am. What the hell do we do now, huh? We can't go back. We should just keep moving. Oh shit. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. Got that damn Triforce on the wall? Everything's Fucking Lynx down there with his sword. Oh, fuck. This might be the shortest review. Just because they went through the tunnels again and again and again. You think this is the descent? This is not the descent. Y'all are way off track here. Oh, what the fuck is going on here, Hootie? How did I not hear about this at all? It's, uh... God, I remember everything about this movie now. Fucking A, man. Oh, shit. God, that's corny as fuck. What the fuck was that? Is somebody there? Well, I guess we know that guy's fucking dead. As Thanks, above. trailer. God, this is a dog shit film, man. Why <laughs> do I have to watch this again? I feel like just like with the descent, this movie might surprise you. Or you've already seen it, but I feel like it might surprise me. The Descent is actually The Descent has like S tier status. Everyone knows it's like a great movie now. I've never even heard of this, Joy. All right, boys, that's the trailer. Let's take a guess at a Rotten Tomato fan score on that bad boy. Let me go with a cheeky. I'm gonna say a cheeky. Fifty percent. Let's let's go. Let's stand. Let's stand on the fucking fence. I'm gonna sit there with a fence post. Fence post. They say you can't like. 
stand on a fence post. I'm sitting there with a fence post in my mouth. I'm not going one side or the other. Let's go 50. I've seen this film. I know this film. I don't want to see this film again. If I was the audience and I reviewed this back in, it was 2013, 2014. I'm going to go with a 23. I'm going to go with what I my gut tells me. Leaning into my fours here. I'm going with a 44. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Check out the website, horriblefilmschool.com, to find links to all the podcast platforms and the socials. Give us a follow, leave a review, send us some big old containers of table salt. I'm going to say goodbye and offer my support to women giving out candy to grown men on Halloween. As always, if you're hearing our voices, please tell at least one person you know, spread the love, spread the campaign. Excited to be out of the world of art, and now I'm going into the world of the catacombs. See y'all boys on the next episode. Thanks for the likes, follows, listens, shares. We appreciate your time and attention. Join us for our next episode where we take a trip below in 2014's As Above, So Below. We'll see you in the next one. Class dismissed. <laughs>